Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is not David and with me are the NCP crew, Richo. And I'm also not David. And Luke. I think it's quite clear that I'm definitely not David. Shh, not so loud. And I'm Crystal. Love, have the boys arrived yet? Yeah, they're here. Uh, you wanna... Yeah, yeah, hi. Surprise! Um, <laughs> What's going yeah, on here? No, we're, we're good. Why is, I would have, why I would is have, that actually recording? I would have thought with all the alcohol, the drugs, <laughs> the dead hookers... Isn't it clear? <laughs> and uh, David! No. Uh, yeah, and me. Uh, what's going on? I'll take it over. Alright. Yeah, yeah, sorry, is... man. We've basically decided that uh, you suck. Oh, and, what? And Crystal. And let's face facts, we're only here because we like Crystal. <laughs> so we're basically, we, we kind of all decided while you weren't here that we'd just start without you. So in, well, okay. <laughs> so in case you haven't listened to the previous 39 episodes, Nerd Culture Podcast is a fortnightly Australian podcast that focuses on nerd culture-related film, book and comic reviews with a healthy dose of our opinion thrown in for good measure. But do you know what? Apart from the podcast, there's a place where you can go to that has additional content not found on the podcast. Do you know where that is? www.nerdculturepodcast.com Correct! So for this episode, we have a dust jacket, a book chosen by me, because it's my episode and I've taken over. Yay! The book is Rainbow's End by Verna Vinge. And after that, I've put together a little treat for everybody to have a listen to. Stay tuned for that one. Oh, a little it. treat, eh? A little treat. Awesome. Yes. So, but first up, dust jacket. So for our dust jacket, we are going to talk today about Verna Vinge's novel, Rainbow's End. Uh, Captain Dust Jacket, would you do, this, do us the honour of outlining the plot for us, please? Absolutely, I shall. Okay, Rainbow's End is a 2006 novel, as mentioned by Verna Vinge. Um, it's actually a uh, Hugo Award winner. I'm going to assume, therefore, for the 2007 Hugo Awards. Part of the novel was originally um, a short story. Uh, published in 2004, titled Synthetic Serendipity. And then obviously Vinch has then uh, expanded on that for the novel. Rainbow's End tells the story of Robert Gu, uh, who was a world-famous poet, um, but has unfortunately uh, succumbed to Alzheimer's disease. But in the year 2025 in San Diego, he's actually cured. And so he basically effectively finds himself waking up in a, in a strange new world, one that he's not familiar with. His memories, um, you know, date back decades earlier. So it's that sort of classic tale, science fiction tale of a man out of time. Um, he's come out of this basically Alzheimer's induced stupor and he has to learn how to cope with the new world. He has to be re-educated. Obviously, technology has advanced. Um, the political state of the world has changed. Um, so he ends up going back to school and trying to sort of relearn things. Now, he's not a nice guy. In fact, let's face facts, he's pretty much a mean, horrible person and always has been. Mm. Um, he's alienated himself from everybody, even before the Alzheimer's. So the alienation that he feels in the new world is actually really not that far removed from the alienation he'd already experienced. But um, And in many cases, it, it's um, self-inflicted. He's alienated actually, because... Yeah. Um, he kind of deserves it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, he's divorced from his wife, estranged from his children. But, you know, in returning uh, effectively to the land of the living, he um, 
he uh, returns to living with his family um, as he's sort of reintegrated into society. Um, he starts going to the local high school um, uh, to relearn skills. Um, and what he finds is that he's lost the ability to write poetry. He just can't make that connection anymore. He can sort of look at the bigger picture, but the actual writing and getting the words down itself um, is where he struggles. Meanwhile, a group of intelligence officers have discovered basically a plot to take over the world um, using effectively subliminal mind control technology. Um, the Really, the details of that aren't sort of extrapolated on too much in the book. But suffice it to say that um, these intelligence people effectively contract out the invest part of the investigation of this um, evil plot to a character called Mr. Rabbit. Uh, Mr. Rabbit is basically a computer expert who exists holographic world where the only time you actually see Mr. Rabbit is when he manifests as a holographic three-dimensional rabbit um, of varying types. At one point he looks like the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. The intelligence agencies work out that the plot is most likely emanating from a facility in San Diego and Mr. Rabbit is the one given the task of getting them into that facility so that they can get the intelligence they need to determine who's involved in this plot and um, what they're doing and why. Um, and Mr. Rabbit actually enlists the aid through certain manipulations of Robert and several people that Robert is associated with. Most notably his granddaughter um, who is also attending the high school that he is, as well as a group of protesters that Robert becomes associated with who are protesting the destruction of, of a local university library where the books are basically going to be shredded and transferred into electronic format. There's a lot of detail given to the actual technology and the sort of cyberpunk-esque technology of the world. Yeah, but look, I think it's best probably to pass it on to Crystal and uh, get her thoughts on why she chose this book and what she liked about it. Well, I chose this book, I think I read it about six months ago, maybe a bit longer. And uh, when it came time for me to choose a book, I chose this one because I thought it would have aspects in it that each one of the crew would uh, like, that the the, um, the espionage aspect and the uh, role-playing aspect, that there's a sort of a Dungeons & Dragons theme in there. There's uh, the augmented reality aspect. The digitising of the books obviously appealed to me in, in some way, shape or form. It's, it's sort of, uh, it's, it sort of paralleled the, the Google Books thing that was happening at the time. But what appealed to me most in the book was uh, uh, the way Robert so slowly coming to terms with being not only cured from Alzheimer's, but being somehow medically He's in a younger body than what he started out with when he got sick. So he's coming to terms with looking younger, also coming to terms with the new world. And you learn about all the technologies and the way things work through him learning about that sort of stuff. And just the all the intricacies. That, I, I like a book with a lot of intricacies in the beginning that, that seem to be a lot of separate elements but sort of all come together at the end. What I thought might appeal to these guys the most was the, the battle at the end, the epic battle, the, 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 the mythological things happening in there uh, a lot of all the uh, I think they call the belief systems coming together but there's this uh, the holographic world that Richard mentioned you if you I think you physically wear um, things where you can 
then relate to holographic stuff that's on the net. So it's contacts, yeah. contact lenses, yeah. Smart yeah. yeah, yeah. So rather, yeah. so rather than walking down a boring old street, if you switch this stuff on, you can probably maybe see advertising that wouldn't be seen to the naked eye, or you can interact with a fantasy world, and yeah. there's various fantasy worlds out there that you yeah. could interact with. Yeah. Um, and one of the characters that uh, one of the main characters that Richard didn't mention was. Juan, um, you start learning through those sorts of worlds through Juan, who goes to the same high school and, and meets up with Robert later on. Mm. But I just, I I found the book fascinating and I found it an enjoyable read. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think. I, I know Luke's busting to say something over there. I'm not a fan of the book, I must say. And I'm not a fan of it partly because I just actually didn't find the, the intricacies. It didn't come across as intricacies. It came across as more exposition and detail. There's a lot of detail about yeah. the way that the world works, but I never felt that because um, one of the things you mentioned then was that you responded to the way you Robert um, Robert's relearning of society. Yeah. I kind of felt I was being told about society, but I wasn't uh, being allowed to let him experience it. Um, oh, I felt the reverse, but keep going. Um, in, in that, there's there's a lot of times where we just we're just told how the world works, but he, we're not actually seeing him. Not always. There are, there are times where he does, but for the most part, it's mm-hmm. actually not him experiencing it firsthand. It's other characters telling us how it works. Um, Tommy Parker, for instance, does quite a lot of telling about how the technology certainly later on works. And Juan talks a lot of, and Miri talk a lot about the wearing, but it's more talk about the wearing as opposed to um, when when we do finally get to see him do it. It takes far too long mm. to get to to get to that point. And I actually, don't find Robert um, to be interesting. Or likable, um, in that when as soon as they yeah, start talking about to his be likable. no, but as soon as they talk about his the the way he pre Alzheimer's and the way he's introduced post Alzheimer's, his story is pretty much going to be clear. A nasty guy who learns how to be nice, um, and yeah. it doesn't re- it doesn't really deviate from those paths. But it never actually gives us. I, I never felt a strong moment where he does go. Hang on, what I'm doing here is actually quite wrong. It, it sort of it sort of. Sed- we're told that he's changing, but not mm. seeing what his journey quite clearly is. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but um, uh, I, I found, uh, more than anything, I found Mary's attempts at to, to engage with him and to turn him into a, a nicer human being. And I would have th- thought, would, and I thought that Mary was actually one of the better characters in the book, mm. and I thought it should have been told from her point of view. I actually agree with that. I actually think there's several really interesting characters in this book, mm. and any one of them could have been a focal point. Miri has this fantastic kind of, um, almost like girl investigator in mm. that sort of classic mould of a, a Nancy Drew type. She's often, she's doing stuff, she's instigating a lot of the, mm. the events that are occurring. I love the fact that she's trying to help her grandfather, even though her grandfather treats her terribly early on, she's still trying to help make him a better person. Mm. And to me, that makes her a far more interesting character. Yeah. Um, I love Gernbeck Braun, and Kick, because it's some young lads on it. Sorry, Gunberg. Thank you. Um, and uh, Keiko Mitsuri, mm-hmm. um, and especially Albert Va- Al- Alfred Vaz. These are the three intelligence agency people, and they each work for a different organization. Mm-hmm. But each one of these characters is actually quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And then their interaction with the with Mister Rabbit, and Mister Rabbit is absolutely fantastic. I knew you'd like Mister Rabbit. Yeah, Mister Rabbit is awesome. And to be honest with you, I would have loved that story to become. Uh, a focal point as well. I agree. Um, I, I agree with both of you for for two of the different points that you had. I just I wasn't a fan of this book at all. In fact, um, I'm not ashamed to say that I actually didn't finish it. Um, so I didn't actually get to the mind blowing 
end sequence with the mythological creatures and stuff, which I didn't even know about. But now that you've just said it, I'm thinking, hey, that's pretty cool. I actually only got about 150 pages in, and uh, I do agree that um, Miri and Mr. Rabbit, I think, were the two most fascinating characters. And uh, I would have actually taken Robert out of the story completely. Oh, I disagree strongly. Because he just, he's, he's, uh, like, like Luke said, he's just, he's, I, I, no, I have nothing, nothing against the fact that he's unlikable. I mean, mm. like, I mean, Bond, for example, is not very likable, mm. um, but we all love him. It's, it's, um, it, that's fine. I have nothing against a character that's unlikable. It's just that he never really changes. So in the in the mm. time that I that I was that I was reading, I didn't even get a sense of I didn't get the uh, the the cliched. Oh, he's he will learn to be a nice person at some point. I just thought this guy's a bastard and he has no real reason to be, and he's going to be a bastard for the entire story. And I just lost interest. But every time Miri was mm. um was you know, featured in some way. I was like, this should, this, she should be the main character of the story and her interaction with Mr. Rabbit. Ho- I was hoping that at some point it would be her meeting Mr. Rabbit and the two of them going on adventures, Nancy Drew style. Mm. Mm. It's interesting you say that you can't cancel on the, um, the first, after the first hundred pages because um, the story doesn't really start until page 141, 143, where the mysterious stranger um, meets Robert. Because that's what really gets him involved. Well, that must have been about 140 pages yeah. then. Because I didn't, I didn't, the mystery stranger didn't before, appear. Before then, you get um, the stuff with Robert meeting the Cabal. Yeah. Um, being, and, and it takes long. But the, the st- where it really starts is where he meets the mysterious stranger. Because the mysterious stranger gives him the promise. Um, the thing that's actually going to drive him, which is the, the, the um, restoration, get, restoration of his poetic powers. So that's what I'm talking about. It was, it was I, I, For me, I just found it. Just boring, and the, the the only interesting part I found about it was the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, the opposite of what Luke said is actually, funnily enough, usually I agree wholeheartedly in that I want to I want to experience it mm. instead of being told it. Mm. But the way you're introduced to the technology at the start, you're experiencing it. I was completely lost for a good five or six pages. Mm. I was like, what is actually happening here? I'm actually lost to what. To who are these three kids? To a start, like, who are these people? Yeah. And then, when eventually, when they, you know, they make it turn into Jurassic Park and they and they explained all the technological overlays and stuff, I was like, this is awesome. The actual technology behind it, this whole 3D world and how, the things that they use it for, this is brain brain stuff. And then went back and read those pages again and sort of went through it. But I actually would have been, I would actually preferred the opposite. It would have been, I would have been told, this is how this all works. Mm. Now we're going to go use it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, it is actually a shame that you didn't get past that point because, um, as Crystal was saying, the actual uh, the attempt by the protesters to break into the facility where they're breaking into think they think to destroy the shredder, and then you've got Mister Rabbit manipulating everybody, and then of course Miri and her group are actually there as well because they've followed Robert, so they they get there as well, and so Miri becomes um, very. Um, very heavily involved in what's going on as well. And then Mr. Rabbit actually creates a riot. So when you get to that bit, that's actually really quite cool. That entire sequence is actually, I think, probably the best part of the book. Because you see all of Mr. Rabbit's plans come to fruition. But it also, from Robert's perspective, Robert makes a sacrifice at that point, And it's a really key one in the development of his character. Mm. Um, I, I don't think... It was quite. I don't think the slow change in Robert is built up quite as well, hmm. um, but the key pivotal moment that he makes, and it's a moment involving Miri, and I won't spoil hmm. it for the readers. But the key moment there is actually, I think, probably the strongest character moment in the book. 
I think a lot of the points made were, were valid. A lot of the points were made down to gender personal taste, uh, and it depends what sort of where your interests actually lie, what you're going to like the best in this book. Um, I do like the character of Robert Goo, and even though it, it's a bit obvious where his character track lies, I don't mind that. I like seeing uh, this horrible, horrible man. Um, how his uh, journey through this book and how he might actually come to the realization it's not such a bad thing to be a nice guy. I, I actually quite enjoy that the story is told from his point of view rather than Miri. I mean, the, uh, Miri's a great character, but the the little girl hero, little Nancy Drew character, has been done a thousand times. I, I like that the the main character is a seventy-five year old man trying to come to terms with life as a younger man, and he has to sort of start all over again. And I think that my favourite part of the book is that aspect, whereas uh, I think, uh, like I said, it's a personal taste thing. I could see other elements in the book where I thought the rest of the crew might enjoy. I, I knew Richard was going to love the espionage bit, and I knew he'd love Mr Rabbit. So I, I have to think back. I did intend to read this again before the podcast, just to refresh my memory, but uh, I got sucked into reading my advanced copy of Blowback by Christine Catherine Rush. Yay! <laughs> Uh, I couldn't wait to read Shameless after, the, plug alert. after the last one, so I didn't get time to reread it. But um, having thinking back, uh, there were some parts of it that I sort of thought went on a little bit. So I mean, uh, though I really love this book, I th- uh, it's got lots of different elements in it that some people are going to like some parts and some people are going uh, to like other parts. So, so uh, ratings. <laughs> um, Who wants to go first? So I have, I have nothing more to say. Ratings. <laughs> well, I do, but I just can't. You know, you know, you know how it feels because I'm just sitting there. I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, I give this two looks. That's actually a fair score coming for you. I give this uh, two and a half, mainly for Mr. Rabbit and for that big confrontation bit towards the end there. David, cool. I actually don't think it's very fair for me to give it a rating since I, I read. Practically not even the third of the book. So uh, do it anyway. Go on. Write what you, what, write what you write read. What you read. Oh, yeah. of, of what I read, zero point five. I was, I just I was bored and yeah. thought I've got more better things to do with my time. That's basically what it is. Yep. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I give this four. I just again, it's a personal tasting. I like a, a good cyberpunk story, and that's what this is. Hmm. I mean, I will say that basically from what everybody said that uh, I'm now thinking, hey, I've missed out. <laughs> on the, uh, you the can, end sequence You, can, you bit. can do what you did with Fahrenheit and uh, we can come back to you later. Yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll skip over some stuff and sort of get more into the intrigue. We'll see. I think it's page about 200 to 240. Those 40 pages are, I think, oh. the highlight. All right, yeah. right. I'll, I'll give it another go. I mean, I, I've, I've been inspired. Awesome. Thanks very much for that, Crystal. Okay, coming up next, we have a special treat for everybody. Over the past year, I've been compiling my favourite little bits from each episode. So, without further ado, here is that... Uh, so, let me get this straight. Bit. Hang on so a second. We constantly bag clip shows. So like that episode of Next Gen, that is basically a clip show. And is any other clip show I've ever seen. Have I but ever... You've actually, now we're actually oh, we're, we're doing a clip show. Have I ever bagged a clip show? No, that's true. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we're being hypocrites anyway. I just find it very interesting that NCP is doing a clip show. Can My we God. do a song and dance style? Can we sing to it? Yeah. All right. 
I think you though, Luke, because you're the only one who can sing. Probably. <laughs> no gold. What's that Looney Tunes song? It's like, oh, there, 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 there. I'm with a show, this is it. Overture, light the lights. This is it. The night and nights, no and more we high sing or no sing apart. We know every part by heart. Overture, dim mm. the lights. This is it. We'll hit the heights, and oh, what heights we'll hit! On oh, with the, the show, show. This, this is it. The birds are coming to take over Nerd Culture Podcast. The crows would mess up. They would. They are evil-looking bastards, aren't they? They're nasty. How cool about a it. murder of crows, you know? They are cool. Exactly murder right. Of no, it's a murder of crows. Murder of crows. It's a parliament, or a parliament of ravens. Parliament of ravens. That's right. See, ravens get the cool one, though. They do. The parliament. That's because they talk. They like yeah. actually hold parliament. Have you parliament seen that? of elves, mm. isn't it? No, it's a um... hoot. <laughs> <laughs> the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, by Alan Moore. Brilliant. Also features uh, basically a brilliant, stuff. a very literal adaptation of uh, the invasion. Come on, when Hyde takes out that tri- that tripod, yes, and, and then eats the, proceeding, the alien. The preceding story around that moment, okay, Brent. No, terrible, Brent. Terrible. I will kill you. Stop meddling. I know. Just leave him alone, George. Well, I mean, everybody else is releasing their movies in 3D. Do we say the same thing about James Cameron and his Titanic in 3D? Yes. Not only do (laughs) Stop it. I feel like right now that now that we've done that, um, there should be a little soundbite of Bowie's in space. (laughs) (laughs) Bowie's in space. He used his telescopic nipple antenna to get the live feed happening. Yumcha, it is really good. We uh, yumcha, we like yumcha. I'm sure that's not what the Ewoks were actually singing in the original version. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I'm st- I still, I have nightmares about Sylvester Stallone. So like, <laughs> Come on, Nick Nolte. Even Nick Nolte would have been better than Sylvester Stallone. Let's hope the old man got tried to beam out of commission. <laughs> Purple. You know what would be cool if his his lightsaber had like a rainbow streak every time it swung. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm just going bad now. I don't even think swang is a real word. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I just made up a word. Swang. Swang. Not only do we have the podcast, we also have our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. Guaranteed koala free, which features additional content not found on the podcast itself. Why is there no koalas? Because they're vicious little creatures. Oh, they're lazy most but of the time. But they're so cute and cuddly and they sell caramellos. And they're related to drop bears and those things are dangerous. Ah, uh, drop bears. Thank you very much for your time, Brian. I'd say, what are you doing after Avengers? And I, and I wouldn't give you an answer. Oh, okay. What are you doing after the Avengers? I can't tell you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for dangling the carrot. <laughs> uh, that did, did pretty good there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, man. So I'm glad we got to do this. Yes, yeah, so am I. really, really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. I thought that this was actually the best of Marvel's movies. The Marvel Studios? Of the Marvel Studios movies that we've gotten over the last sort of ten or so years. That, of course, means we can't count the Spider-Man films, which means we can't count Spider-Man 2. Yes. Which but I think, I think that this is really the one that has... Let's, okay, let's not count Spider-Man 2. This is still better. You think Avengers is better than Spider-Man 2? I was certainly more entertained by it. Alright, let's move on. I don't think this is uh, as good as Superman the movie. 
or uh, Spider-Man 2, <laughs> which uh, I give five, five looks. Um, it's but, better than Spider-Man 2. <sighs> seriously, people. I'm going, to go on, I'm going to go on a murderous rampage in a second. I just want to say that I support David here. Spider-Man 2, awesome. It is awesome. And like you said, it was written, it was drawn incorrectly anyway. It just wasn't really meant to happen that way anyway. So it's, it's a shame. And now, you know, now that Wasp is dead, thanks to Siege. Oh, Siege. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there's not much we can do. But he's, he's kind of turned over a new leaf now. He's yeah. uh, part of Avengers Academy and doing well. Oh, anyway, we're talking about what's oh. a real person. <laughs> <laughs> they are real. What are you saying here? It's still real to me. Okay, and more to, to stop an argument that and could go for uh, half an hour, I'll just jump in with my team. Oh, cool, cool. Leonardo, Donatello, <laughs> and Raphael. Hey, I like that team. <laughs> this is seen as the number one science fiction book. Thank you for mentioning that. Above... June Foundation, yeah. 994, Fahrenheit 451, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, stars by Destination, stars people! <laughs> star, I'm not talking about in the, the, in the actual top 10 of that list. Screw the list's top 10. Okay, then. Okay. Above Stars by Destination. <laughs> Thank you. Above Lord of Light. Above The Forever War. Yes. Um, is this. No. <laughs> I'm when sorry. The man this is, this Shut up. I, this to, I just had to pull a loop there. <laughs> just, just, just jump on in. You're just wrong. Sorry. I haven't said anything <laughs> yet. So has anybody got any uh, any thoughts on the past 24 episodes? It was all a blur. The heady days. The drugs. The rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. the, the colours, man. The colours. The groupies. <laughs> the action-y action the, the Jabberwock, <laughs> always staring at me. The important thing is, is that for 24 episodes, we've kept it real! And, and David hasn't killed Luke yet. <laughs> Why would I kill Luke? I love Luke. You threatened to kill him on a regular basis. Oh, one of my favourite moments is when we were talking about uh, 2001, and we were talking about the uh, opening scene with the, the apes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all making the ape actions. Yes. And then Richard went on to say something else, and then just in the background you could hear David go, Funky Gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> Funky Gibbon. We are here to show you how. <laughs> and Popcorn Junkie on Prometheus. Yay! Exciting stuff. Oh, God, I hope it's good. <laughs> It'll be we'll all of us jumping up and down about how excited we are. We're going to feel mighty silly after that. Aren't we'll we? have some tears if it's not good. <laughs> I, will, I seriously will, will cry the man tears. <laughs> <laughs> the only kind of tears he can cry. That's right. Being a man. <laughs> I remember when I was a boy. Anyway, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it from the crew. <laughs> Crystal. Don't write any checks with your ass that your mouth can't catch. <laughs> hey, you can't use the word ass. <laughs> Do that again, please. I'll that at the end. I can't talk now. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David and we are the NCP crew. Richo. Hello. Luke. Schmirpen. I can't think of hello in Swedish. And Crystal. That's right, we're back. <laughs> Back again, and we're not happy. <laughs> NCP two electric boogaloo. I know that a lot of people have said that you know you need to be a bit more prominent with your voice, Crystal. But did you really need to sound like Linda Blair from The Exorcist? <laughs> How do you know I'm not possessed?
time I just brought out is the spider on the back of the success of the shadow. The spider is not anywhere near as well known. Um, for those who don't know who the spider don't know who the spider is as opposed to Spider Man, um, the spider is greatest character ever. What the spider, spider is no Spider Man. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode twenty eight of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David, and we're the NCP crew. Richard, there are three laws of robotics. Luke, I am the fourth law. And Crystal. I've got nothing. <laughs> That's why <laughs> get to you <laughs> The robot is called Herbie. The love bug. <laughs> the robot is called Herbie and he's not the love bug. And Herbie's... Goose bananas. <laughs> Stop it. And he doesn't go to Monte Carlo and he's not fully loaded either. Hello, uh, uh, Mr. Shimon, how are you going? I'm very fine. You can call me Armin. My father's name is Mr. Um, well, of course, I have to ask the obligatory uh, Star Trek-related questions, if you don't mind. Um, two hours. Takes two hours. By, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <but>, yeah, <laughs> okay, how long does the makeup take? Yeah. Basically chosen the books. Because he's Captain Dustjacket. That's right, I'm Captain, Captain Dustjacket. Dust you know, I like that. I want a t-shirt that says Captain Dustjacket Coming on soon it. to an Archie comic near you. <laughs> <laughs> Luke. That's right, I'm back. I'm well. And the world is mine! Hey, Crystal! We're on the air! The world is mine! <laughs> I think you made that point. Um, look, I'm willing to give it to you at a reasonable price. <laughs> That's it. Slightly discounted for, you know, evilness. It's like that dude that's uh, like, like all, all the many times you've gotten the, the Statue of Liberty that's been sold and <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, and... Luke settles not for mere <laughs> statues and tributes. The world! He already has the, the movie. You know, you're welcome to it. Yeah. Really, if you can manage the whole world, go for it's it. It's a bit of a mess. Yep. <laughs> Luke doesn't mind cleaning. <laughs> oh. How do you know that, though? I mean, it, it, on the flip side, though, its first season was brilliant compared to the first season of Next Gen, which was awful. That's true. Which then became brilliant. I mean, but, it's, I mean, could, couldn't it have bucked the trend? Couldn't it have been brilliant the entire way? Through? Um, but then to go by that logic, Buffy, which is according to you, according to both Dave and Richo, um, is genius for three seasons. Yeah. And then after that, it sort yeah. of peters out. And from what yeah. you're saying, Angel is genius for four seasons, and then season five loses its way as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's not following um, the same pattern. Yeah, yeah. following the same yeah, pattern. following the Whedon pattern. Um, <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Faster than your logic. <laughs> um, and the film that should have been called The Return of the Hard Bastard Geriatrics, The Expendables 2. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. <laughs> you I know, like it, though. You know, I'd like you to go up to any of those cast members <laughs> and say that to them and see what they, how they react. So anybody who was really there and really part of the action who wasn't wearing bifocals wouldn't have been seeing that insane amount of lens flare. Yeah. I mean, it was so much of it. They actually expected some of them to be going to like some of the actors, like characters, to be going. Oh, look, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I, th- that's the reason why they couldn't shoot straight because there was so much light in their eyes. Nerd rage. <laughs> well, for this dust jacket, we're uh, once again handing the reins over to another member of the crew. Because, you know, apparently my review's just not good enough. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah, so there... Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's on, Captain Dustjacket. 
Okay, so coming soon, September 6th is a poor day for Australian film with the release of Kath and Kim Barella. Oh, dear goodness. Look at mine, look at mine, look at mine. Please no. Please (laughs) don't ever do that. I won't, I won't, I won't. (laughs) I can feel it in my waters. Oh my god. (laughs) You know. I'm I'm, I'm now upset that I should have mentioned it. But for me, it's just not as good as everyone says about it. I don't think the story is as deep or as complex. Or as fun as what people say. That's, that's I, love, I love the Macaulay Culkin way that you're sort of looking at me right now. Yeah, I'm, just, like, I'm so Oh stunned. my god! Needless to say, you're actually now off the crew. So don't expect to sit here looking at the next episode. No, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Sunday's off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, we couldn't do it without you, Luke. Um, uh, Alright, fine. You've completely stunned me. Uh, let's hit for ratings. But I, I respect your opinion. Bastard. Yeah, exactly. It's like people say that acting is all about drawing in, drawing from your own experiences and your own you know, emotional state and stuff like that. But he's only been alive for 10 no, years. No, it's just about being good at pretending. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and about, about taking advantage of the moment as well. Yeah. All you actors what? out there, Crystal's hit the nail on the head. It's just about oh, best, being the best, the best at able to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just got to be convincing. Which makes kids it. natural then. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's why kids do so well. If you need to draw any experiences for that to work, you'll do so, but, you know. <laughs> well, now that we've just alienated pretty much every actor that might be listening. The, the NCP school of acting. Let the, <laughs> let the letters flood in. <laughs> Speaking of Howard, we've actually missed a character. Howard's mother. Howard, <laughs> what are you who was on calling at this ungodly hour? <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mention Howard's mother, who is awesome. And, and that's and as far that, as you were going to well, take now it? Now that I see you in person, it continues on. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I just hope my wife doesn't, <laughs> doesn't kill me when I get home. <laughs> I hear most very secure, lovely women saying, I don't care where my husband gets his appetite as long as he has his meals at home. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you think? I I totally agree with that. Okay. (laughs) Well, actually, no. I hope she hasn't got her appetite from somewhere. That's see? See, 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 see? See how it feels? She's probably watching uh, Farmer Once a Wife and uh, Uh having thoughts. Anyway. Having thoughts. The understatement of the year, having thoughts. (laughs) Okay, this is is a question I've got to get off my chest. Sure. As Mario. Yeah. What's the deal with Princess Peach? Why is she always getting kidnapped? Oh, you know, I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. Ah, the Princess Peach, she make my heart go bada bing, bada boom, bada ba. She's so beautiful. She's pretty. <laughs> she is very beautiful. She like a color pink too. She got the pink hat, the pink tiara, pink, pink everything, pink dress. She's so beautiful. She even like a pink diamond. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. This is, this is brilliant stuff. One time she made me a cake. Ah, she gave me a smoochy smoochy and little hearts came bursting out of me. <laughs> You're killing me. Um. Thing, but, you know, I'd like to have it made up too. Won't be that one because I keep on breaking his knife. <laughs> Three times I've broken his knife off. Can you believe it? I'm going to drive out to Dalesford, have Julian fix it, bring it back. But Did you don't... not notice the do not touch there? Yeah, I should, I should pay attention to <laughs> myself. Yeah, you know, smack it. Is, it is a cool little statue. Cheers. Not selling it on James Pattinson, the number one his most successful a, author in the world right now. His name's not mentioned in the trailer at all. Maybe, really? maybe he disowned it.
I was expecting to hear something like, you know, and James Patterson's Alex Cross. But no. Well, as the biggest grossing author of 2011, you think that they would acknowledge him at least. Chris hey, Cross will make you jump, jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretend that didn't happen to move on. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe. One of us. One of us. Open your mind to me. Open your mind. That's it for me. That's it from the crew. Unless they want to hand around. I'm cool with that. Richo. Make room for me. <laughs> Luke. There's too much room. Stop. I want to get out. And Crystal. Help. Help me. <laughs> Wrong movie. It's like the fly. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Welcome. This is Davros. And you are listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. And if you are not, you will be exterminated. Uh, I don't think you said that right. You needed to sound. You needed to drop your voice down a few octaves and sound like you've got this cleft in your upper lip, and really talk like you're gritting through your teeth. And say, "My favorite show of all time is The Twilight Zone." Something like that. That's how it's done. That was, that was well awesome. Done. That was absolutely awesome. That was done. Yeah, I just I can't describe just how awesome this story is. So it's basically if uh, it's, it's, it's the sort of story that uh, my, my hero Poe would approve of. It has the Poe stamp of approval. I'd be interested to know what the Poe stamp of approval looks like. I'm picturing something quite macabre. It's a squashed raven. A giant, a giant raven. Ray pendulum. pendulum swings down and stamps something. The, the Poe stamp of approval. Nevermore. Never <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't answer any emails because I'm not, that, that wasn't the problem. It was the fact that he said, yeah, I need a lift. But then you didn't give me your pickup. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. And you know what the like, worst thing was? I emailed you going, hey, I need a lift. And then I went and got drunk. And then I went home. I was like, it was just a miracle that I turned the computer on because I couldn't do anything. I was so blotto. And then I managed to put the address on there. I thought, I hope I get there in time. But... Thank you. And thank you for calling me young. Well, you are quite young. Because the thing is... Compared to us. Well, no, see, I'm shocked because when I found out how old you are, like, because yeah. you came into my work uh, not so long ago, the DVD place I work at, yeah. and I actually, I, I just flat out said, you know, how old are you? Pretty, like a... Yeah, I don't know what the, co- the point of the conversation I don't, I I don't know what it is. There's very, yeah, well, it was there's there. very little point to anything I say. Right. But, <laughs> but you told me that you're 58 years old, and I was shocked because <laughs> your face is beautiful. You've got such a youthful face, and I thought, well, that's vitamin E cream. Isn't it? You look amazing. Well, I don't really go outside all that much. You don't go outside? It's the radiation from the computer screen. You look beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you no, you really do. It's like you look very. Right yeah, I know. I'm not trying to pick him up. Like, you look really lovely. You've got yeah. a very beautiful, and you've got a great smile as well. Thank you. Oh, God, this is... Where is the love? It's right here in the room right now. The rest of the ordinary crew can see yourself replaced. (laughs) Uh, Is it Xavier? Yeah. Xavier Barden as the villain's silver. Xavier. Is it Xavier? Xavier Barden, yeah. Oh, Javier. I think it's Javier. (laughs) So Javier Barden... You go, you go for phonetic, <laughs> phonetic pronunciations on everything. I don't want to stuff up his name because he might come after me. Yeah, you don't Mr. Want Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom. Mr. Bottom. Mr. Bottom. Uh, Ralph Fiennes as Gareth Mallory. Uh, Naomi Harris as Eve. And a whole bunch of other people. That's <laughs> 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 important people. That's beautiful. Very David and Margaret. Simon Le Bon is Bond. <laughs> the clip and the clip and because um, he, he's um, sitting there, because his gadget is this, um, this Walkman that makes things blow up. 
He's sitting there playing with it, and some woman comes up to him and taps him on the shoulder and says, Hey, aren't you? And he turns around private. He turns to her and then looks at the camera and says, Bon, Simon Le Bon. <laughs> it is an awesome it's video. It's so abysmal. It's far better film itself. <laughs> I'm worried about what you need a knife at a snubbed machine gun for. <laughs> you don't want to know. I don't want to know. I, ha- I could tell you, but, but then I'd have to kill, kill you. Me. It looks like it could actually be real. Yeah, yeah. In, in the real world. You from Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Ikea would never have anything that the cool. The 007 rage. Assemble <laughs> it yourself. Yeah, um, Ian, Ian Fleming started one of the great urban myths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by saying that if you... The, the skin breeds, yes, which of course it doesn't. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not his only urban myth. What about, well, the, no. uh, what about that uh, homosexuals can't whistle? Yes. <laughs> it's like, are you serious? <laughs> Some sort of genetic makeup sort of thing? <laughs> and that uh, sumo wrestlers are they trained to suck their testes back up into their bodies? It's like, come on. Come on, Ian. Do some research. Mate, I'm not Connery. <laughs> I'm Bond. And they could never have stopped. Bond, mate. James Bond. <laughs> I think James Bond's like Johnny Farnham. What? <laughs> keeps what? coming back. Do you like voice? So there you have it. Uh, my favourite bits of this year's podcasts. Uh, Good choices. <laughs> Good choices. There is one thing missing. You're wrong. <laughs> I, 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 we could do an entire like outtakes reel of just you saying that, though. That's true. I, I did, uh, uh, listening back to it, uh, I am impressed of how good a mimic you are, Luke. Very I'm impressed. The Stallone. Uh... The Stallone's not bad, but for me it's the Rod Serling. The Rod, Rod Serling. That winner. was just gold. I'm not bad at it. And of course every bit with me was awesome. Yeah, because you're lovely. Thank you. You had a beautiful face. I have a beautiful face. And a wonderful smile. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I was getting a bit uncomfortable sharing that. That's what makes like, it so funny. And then, and then I was like, well... Larry. Everybody loves Larry. And a special thanks to the guest stars that you heard in those clips there. Brian Michael Bendis, Armin Shimmerman, Cindy Morgan, Charles Martinet, Paul Bedford, Terry Malloy, Larry Boxshall and our friend Craig. Indeed, it was uh, a lot of fun talking to uh, all those people. I actually interviewed uh, some other people as well that didn't quite make it into the clip show, um, like Bruce Boxleitner, Francis Manipool, um, Frank Condolero and Sharon Taylor. It's really great being in a situation where I get to talk to these people and thanks again for being on the show. Coming next, coming soon. Coming soon in cinemas on December 26th, we see the release of The Hobbit, uh, An Unexpected Journey. We can't wait Yay! for this. Sorry. I've been waiting... <laughs> My entire life for this one. So Your entire life. So Peter Jackson, it better be good. <laughs> given given um, Lord of the Rings trilogy, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. No. Honestly, I'm just not that interested. Yeah, yeah right. So, uh, you should. What? Are you actually being serious? No. Oh. I'm actually quite. Well, look, I'm not. I'm not quite as excited as as Luke is. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing it, and it does look really cool and everything. But um, yeah. uh, for me, the the biggest sort of problem is that he sort of stretched it out to three movies. Hmm. I'm not quite sure the story warrants. I don't know yeah, about stretching it out to three movies. The appendices and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and, and the thing is that's cool and all, but what I'm what I'm interested to see is 
how he how well he incorporates all of those appendices he pulls in it off. Yeah. to make three mm. movies out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Actually. I'm, I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm a bit tentative, but I mean, yeah. I'm still excited. Well, there's certainly I'm, enough. I'm excited, but not as excited. Yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings, I think, was a superior story, and so it's, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, but he's, cer- but he's his point. There's certainly enough material there to cover three movies, whereas Lord of the Rings, you had enough material there to cover fifteen movies. Yeah, true. Fifteen. <laughs> that would have been a <laughs> Oh, can you imagine Lord the extended the editions? Marathon. Oh my god. <laughs> the, yes, the the, the the 96 hour extended version Jeez, maybe you'd have to kill a man David and I have actually been to Hobbiton so I'm really looking forward to seeing the place where we've been it was awesome it was closed yeah. down like the next day after we were there yeah. or something yeah three days later yeah three days later so that they could then film the Hobbit so, so it looks and it looked it was very rare. very cool yeah. you didn't feel the need to hide out and like sneak on to set well, that would we be three days get, out in the open. <laughs> we did get offered the the, uh, the 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 choice that we could uh, help paint all the individual leaves on the tree, but no one there took the offer. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> it was a bit tedious. Um, also uh, coming up is Les Mis and Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph. Ralph. What's Wreck It Ralph? Wreck It Ralph is an animated film about a computer game character who who plays the villain in the game, but decides that he wants more out of life and so he decides to go through a journey through the world of video games uh. i'm really excited i think i'm a, I'm a video game fan and so, and just the, the one scene where he's in the the uh, anger management group as some of all the other villains from all the other video games is awesome i'm really looking forward to that but, but uh you're not, is, you're not ex- yeah you're not excited about seeing russell crowe no, in, uh, I, oh, face palm no i was never a fan of the show anyway to be honest with you so. no. Yeah, I'll pass. Coming up on January first, thought we get the life of Pi. Did we see the yeah. trailer for that? I think. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. I think it looks look, magnificent. Looked all, it's it certainly right. looks visually stunning. Mm. I don't really know much about the story, and it, it is one of those books I believe that people were saying would never be able to be translated into film. Yeah. So I'd be intrigued to see. See, so yeah, like, uh, based on that alone. All I hear whenever I hear um, the title "Life of Pi" is "Pi, the babe they call Pi." Just <laughs> keep going from there. Um, and on January 3rd, for Reacher fans, or not for Reacher fans, we get Jack Reacher starring Tom Cruise. Um, I haven't read Jack Reacher, but from what I've been told, terribly miscast. Yep, yeah, although, to say the least. Although Lee Child has actually uh, come out in favour of Tom Cruise. Well, of well, course he's he has. Sell the movie. Basically what Lee Child said, and this is why I love the man, is he said that although he may not physically resemble my creation... Let's face it, the Jack Reacher film would not have been made <laughs> if Tom Cruise hadn't been involved so well. So it's, I mean, he's willing to accept the fact that it's, this is not how I envisioned it happening. But at least now it's getting made, and how awesome is that? And so that's yeah. why I respect that. Okay. I mean, although, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. The man's like four foot three or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and, and Jack Reacher's meant to be just, you know, 250 man, pounds. man of muscle mm-hmm. and just, you know, and... and Every woman, you know, basically every woman wants him and all that okay, sort of stuff. Okay, quick response to each one of you. Who should have been Jack Reacher, David? Chris Hemsworth. Luke? Anyone else. <laughs> Richard? I don't know. I actually haven't read the books myself, so... But that being said, I'm actually... I actually quite, I like Tom Cruise as an actor, so I'm willing to give it a shot. I'll um, give it a go. I'm sure we'll be seeing it. Mm. Yes. We will be seeing it. And just before we finish up, uh, this will come out just before Christmas here. Or Christmas everywhere. <laughs> Wherever, if you celebrate Christmas, it will come out just before then. <laughs> so we'd like to wish everybody a happy holiday to all of you listening out there in podcast land. 
happy holidays from uh, everybody from the NCP crew. We love receiving uh, your emails and feedback on the, on the Facebook and on the on the website and, and the Twitters. We, every little bit of uh, feedback we get makes us feel feel some joy. It's like the podcast isn't just going out there into the void and uh, people are listening to us. It makes us very happy. Oh, it's absolutely awesome. It, it, it's such a great feeling uh, getting feedback and uh, just knowing, yeah, just like I said, just knowing people who are listening and that they enjoy it. I mean, that's, I mean, I, we do it basically, you know, so because we have fun, but also because we want other people to have fun and be entertained as well, and, and we know that's happening, so it's good. And explain explain to the listeners how that's had a little bit of an impact on the show. Well, um, a, a couple of our uh, followers, um, Ben and Kaylee, uh, have been good enough to give us feedback uh, in terms of uh, uh, content they'd like to see in future episodes, and we're actually going to do that. So Kaylee uh, mentioned uh, a book for Dust Jacket, Robopocalypse, uh, which we'll be covering uh, very soon. And um, Ben suggested we look at the Marvel Now um, comics, and uh, we, you know, yeah, thanks a lot for that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that. Uh, we're going to have a whole episode devoted to Marvel Now, uh, in it coming up in a couple of episodes as well. Just you know, any feedback we get um, is awesome. So, if you would like to give us some feedback, you can contact us by email at feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com or post on our Facebook wall at 3w's.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast or tweet us at nerdculturecast or leave a comment on any of our posts on our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com And don't forget to rate and view us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. That's right, get some more crystal. Everybody wants some crystal in their life. Crystal meth. No, not crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the NCP does not endorse crystal meth use. <laughs> well, that's it for episode 40, my episode. Well Yay, done. The Very crystal well episode. Yay for me. Round of applause for me. Yay. <laughs> and that's it from me and the crew. David? Yay. Great episode. Luke. We're finished. Richo. Maybe I should be cast as Jack Reacher. I'm a pretty big guy. Actually, you see, yeah. you would have been better. David Richardson. What do you mean, even me? <laughs> well, you're, you can't act. My God, given <laughs> acting ability. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>